Genre. Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future Part 3, one wheelie poppin' minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. And I'm Nick Jimenez and the news. And joining us uh, today, wrapping up our All-Star Week, Kevin Miller, welcome. Hi guys, thanks for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You were on for a minute of uh, the last movie and uh, now you're back. Uh, I enjoyed it then. I enjoyed this minute even more. Like, guys, I would have taken Marty's butt cheek minute, but you gave me, like, the b- most badass minute of the entire movie. So thank you for that, too. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a good minute for sure. Uh, we're talking about uh, minute 100, which starts with Clara beginning to shimmy across the train and ends with the DeLore- DeLorean popping a wheelie as it hits 75 miles per hour. It's pretty badass. <laughs> it's amazing. I don't yeah. even know how they did that. That's an impressive bit of like prop work to get the thing to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I imagine, I don't know. Did it look like it's, uh, it's, it's maybe the, uh, it's got to be the miniature, right? That's doing that. Yeah. Do you guys know like to what extent there was a model versus a real train scenario? Uh, I, I mean, I can't, I can't really tell the difference a lot yeah. of the time. I think that the, uh, the wheelie popping stuff, that's all model. Like if you pause it, it does look like a miniature. Yeah. And um, there's like the tiniest continuity area. You can see Marty's not in the seat for, you know, uh, at the freeze frame. So, right. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, but it looks, it looks great. Uh, and it's a, it's a stellar moment. I don't. I I'm not sure about the physics, uh, but but well, I, I I love fast, it. If Fast and the Furious has taught me anything, this is fully legit. True. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the third time that's come up this week. <laughs> you know what? I mean, how couldn't it? I, I almost went to see Fate of the Furious yesterday, and if they get a submarine attacking cars, then I'm totally down with a train pushing a DeLorean. Oh, I, I've seen it twice, and it is delightful. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about that. But yeah, back uh, to this minute. It's, uh, it's, it's spectacular. I don't, I don't yeah, even, we like, get, we get probably the largest jump in speed uh, over the course of this minute, because we go from 60 miles an hour to 75. Mm-hmm. Um, the 15-mile-an-hour jump. And half the reason, like, it's this whole sequence is so exciting is because you, at this point, like, really aren't sure how they're going to make it. Like, it doesn't seem like they have a chance of getting back in time. And right. you know, your, your next right. minute guest can reveal how that's done. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, such a, such a tense moment. And the, all the way leading up to this, it's so beautifully timed out in terms of the individual, like, the moment they pass the windmill and realize it's the point of no return. And, you know. Mm-hmm. Ah, so many things are just well, well scripted and and put together. Yeah, no, it's it's an impeccably edited sequence. I I would argue. I mean, it's not it's not as iconic as uh you know sending sending the DeLorean back to the future in the first film, but I I would say that it is it is even the editing in this is even more well done than mm-hmm. that one. 
Um, yeah. I mean, they're they're pulling more threads here because uh, you're you're splitting focus between three characters instead of just two. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even still, like it's it's masterfully done. This whole sequence. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like. Uh, I, I never l- neither love nor hated Back to the Future Three. Like you know, memory from a kid, and I probably saw. Not almost certainly saw it in the theater, but I just have VHS memories. And then I saw an Alamo Drafthouse marathon, you know, on the big screen maybe five six years ago, and it just changed my tune. Like this whole sequence is so cinematic, and this is like it, it, the the movie's the most cinematic. Like starting with that Clara shot, you guys were raving about at the at the train station and then uh-huh. just from that moment all the way to train landing in the canyon uh, it's wonderfully done i wonder if like between this and uh, the polar express i'm wondering if robert zemeckis just has a has a train thing like train movies mm-hmm. i think he might I think he yeah. might um I think there trains man, in any of his other movies i think every man born around like the 19 <laughs> late 1940s is obsessed with trains yeah that's true <laughs> I liked the model trains when I was a kid. So, I was a I was a big uh, Thomas the Tank Engine guy. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. It counts yeah. for something. Percy, Meadowlark, all of them. All all those uh, trains. Uh, was it uh, uh, was it uh, Carlin or uh, Ringo? Oh, I was a I, I was a I was a Carlin guy. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> the only the only movies I was allowed to watch as a kid were Carlin episodes of Thomas the Tank Engine and Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Man, I don't know what my train movie equivalent was like back in the back in the early eighties. Mm. The rules of mm. the road. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So the uh, the the the. I, I, I just I love the warning shout of uh, Marty saying like the red logs about to blow. It like works both in the sense of like this panicky little kid, you know, but it also like despite itself is a really bad le- badass moment. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's kind of we were bringing this up a couple days ago, Kev. But like it's. Um, to talk about Fast and the Furious, there's just something really entertaining about seeing these big, crazy stunts, but it's just done by these two dorks. Yeah, like, exactly. These uh-huh. two guys that are not the best at jumping or or solving problems, and yet they like always come through. Well, like, yeah, if you remade this today, Doc would pull out a steampunk grappling gun that he had on him and, you know, fire over <laughs> Batman-like to rescue Clara. But yeah. I was like, my big question watching this minute is, what does Doc plan to do when he gets to her? Because, like, Give I don't think his yeah, little, little moment, I don't think his hand is going to be better than just grabbing the rail. So I guess, you know, it's not out of character for him to go after her, but I think they would just, you know, okay, we're, we're reunited. Let's climb on back. It's he looks insane when he's <laughs> smiling from ear to ear yeah. <laughs> while talking her down from like this like huge huge endeavor. Yeah. Yeah, does she understand the implicate like he she he told her it was a time machine, she had it validated, she found the model that there's the time machine. Uh but does she understand even the first notion of this plan that they're doing? Or does she just Oh, what, yeah, what does she I mean she knows she, she knows yeah, that what do you think he's, they're doing 
Yeah, well, she knows that they're trying to go back to the future. He he confessed oh, that to her. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That night that she didn't believe but him. Not that they were going to rob shit, a train. They were telling the truth. <laughs> but it, but she doesn't know that they were going to rob a train and push it down this one dead end track, oh, right? No, no so, definitely not. Well, got, you know, I mean, kudos to her for like you know peak of the she comes around in her horse and just doesn't even stop just i'm racing after this train i'm hopping on i have no idea what's happening uh, she's being a real mary steam engine (laughs) (laughs) but it's uh, yeah Uh, it's awesome yeah no it's 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 great and i but i i love that moment where they're reaching for each other and just when they're about to touch the red log blows uh And man, thank God Claire's wearing a dress because if Woo, she wasn't, yeah. dead. <laughs> her man. pantaloons would, uh, yeah, not save the day. Yeah, we see no. a great return from uh, from Ragdoll for Ragdoll Clara today. Ragdoll Clara, yeah, mm-hmm. flailing about. Flailing. That's like, yeah, I, maybe like a criticism is this minute. I wish Clara wasn't so damsel in distress here because she was so badass at like. Oh, time machine! Great, I'm hopping on this horse. I'm riding at full gallop, you know, to to mm-hmm. catch up with them. But now she's, I can't, Emmett. I'm scared. No, I wanted to, like, I want her to pull out a steampunk grappling gun and. Like, <laughs> you know. I will. I will say that as 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 real as that is, I, I do like how the vibe that I'm feeling is more like peril, like yeah. general, like peril, than mm-hmm. like ah, my shoes stuck. You know what I mean? Like there's, <laughs> right. there's nothing like there's nothing too cringy besides like the gen. From in my from my perspective at least right yeah no I, I don't I don't disagree these are yeah, these yeah. are quibbles which is what happens when you watch in a, a minute at a time absolutely uh, well uh, and I think I think that um it's they do a good job of like equally raising the stakes for both of them because you know they both almost fall off the train and they're caught in different ways yeah uh, but I, I so I, I think it I think it works. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I love that she's hanging upside down by her dress. Like it's, that's so scary. Like that's so scary. Yeah. Um, and it's well done. I was like, I was ready to be snark about this, you know, cheesy green screen shot, but it actually looks really good when her head falls down in front of the rapidly moving train engine and you know, uh-huh. everything. So yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. Love this. Love this. Yeah. I this was, is really uh, well done. Yeah. It just, I, I love I love seeing the Mechas in this mode this week. Yes. Just energy, just kinetic energy. Yeah, and it's not since the beginning of the... Uh, you know, I, re- I rewatched the movie uh, before, you know, recording this one minute, and it's such a tonal switch from... The movie opens with the climax of Back to the Future 1, and just like one of the most, you know, exciting moments in film history. And then mm-hmm. immediately Doc faints and you cut to this like sleepy little scene and the howdy doody time joke and like you can tell me you've you've a hundred times talked about the cartoony tonal switch uh and mm-hmm. it was it's so great now we're back to that you know the thing that made the first movie uh, so awesome at the peak right yeah no it's 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 really it's really great mm-hmm. um and I, I, I do love, uh, I, 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 I do love, you know, Doc, you know, trying to encourage Clara. I mean, I assume that if he had reached her, it was more of, I don't know, moral support. Cause I, I, I yeah. do think that, you know, Doc, Doc just a second ago was like, I mean, you really had to question whether or not he was going to jump for the DeLorean or not. 
Right. Because he was gathering his yeah. courage at the front of the train and it didn't seem like he was going to. But but maybe the idea of having Clara, like Clara has obviously made him braver and and maybe, you know, just being able to like hold his hand would like make her a little braver and as a result him yeah. even braver so that they could both yeah. jump onto the DeLorean. She I makes guess him want to be a better idea. person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of more of a more of a badass action star mm-hmm. yeah, right. he had to have fun yeah. with this filming this like well past the age that any actor could be expected to have a fun like climbing on train action moment yeah. you know this is his like Harrison time. Ford yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or Tom Cruise who defies right. reality he just mm-hmm. keeps oh. he just keeps on going yeah, yeah. I was wondering like <laughs> alright let's say they grab like She's not knocked off by the red log blowing. There's like an alternate ending in this movie where they make it back to the DeLorean and then Clara now lives in 1985 with all this like <laughs> weird sequel possibilities there. Damn it, right. the 80s. Oh, that's what a great movie that would be. Yeah. Just like, just like big or Encino Man, but like... Just- no time travel whatsoever. It's yeah. just a fish out of water story. Yeah, just a fish out of water story. Or she's M- like uh, MTV. Like, <laughs> she's like Kimmy Schmidt, you know, emerging yeah. in dress <laughs> and gets to try to live a normal life. But yeah, that's where they're that's where they're headed before that red log blows. So they they right. almost make it to that alternate ending. Oh God, what a world that, that, that would that be. That red log, that red log blowing, like it doesn't just blow up the 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 boiler, but it also like blows up their plans. I mean, that's. Yeah. That's the reason Doc isn't going back. Um, yeah. It's is just because of that moment. Yeah. It's crazy. And, and it's like, even like seeing this, skipping ahead, so the hoverboard comes into play and Doc gets it and he rescues her. And I remember watching this for the first time. Uh, I do remember seeing this in the theater. And even then wondering how they were going to get back to the DeLorean. And then they just like, they coast off and they're all, they're just happy to be together, which is just the most adorable like puppy love moment of the yeah. movie you know like just not even caring that they're not getting back they're together ah, yeah. i'm a i'm a sucker mm-hmm. like the whole movie up until now such a sucker with this like immature kind of yeah they're acting like a couple of kids because they've never had this this first love experience and uh, it's just no. so precious throughout mm-hmm. mm, so cute it's it's fantastic it makes me long for the version of that with Marty, because we don't actually get like he never right. gets to really be a romantic lead. Not really. And to the extent to which he's sad about Clara is. Yeah, uh, Clara, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer, Jennifer right. is yeah. pretty limited. He also, right. he also never really does anything romantic or heroic for Jennifer. Right. No. No, he just occasionally remembers she exists. And right. Drags and her leaves her on a stoop. <laughs> drags her unconscious body around. Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. But, yeah. Yeah, it, it really <laughs> is. That, 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 it's, cr- it's funny that, you know, uh, Christopher Lloyd made such a big deal about being the romantic lead of this movie. And he's like, mm-hmm. I never get to be the romantic lead. Meanwhile, you know, Michael J. Fox is like, I mean, I made three of these movies. I'm not the romantic lead of any of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's no. such a weird trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to what extent in Christopher Lloyd's whole career did he do an action movie or a romance? You know, he's this like goofy character actor and right. then kind of two in one gets to gets to be awesome and go after his girl. And yeah, still be a so, character. Still be a character. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, on a related note, have you guys not mentioned Brokeback to the Future yet in going through this season? No. Am I not ringing a bell here? No. What, I what think is I that? do remember that. Yeah, Brokeback to the Future. I remember that. Yeah. All right. Everybody listening, just pause and go search YouTube. It's this, uh, 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 they mashed up Back to the Future 3 with the music from Brokeback Mountain, and they make it look like a sad romance between Doc and Marty. Oh, yes. I do remember this video. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you, little lines like, you wrote me a letter, and uh, who the hell is Clara? <laughs> like, take on this crazy new meaning. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go look that up and rewatch it. That was so good. I loved that. Yeah. Oh, and they splice in the line about uh, from part one about like, you know, you ever feel like you maybe can't go through with it? And they overlay that with this meaningful look of eye contact between Doc and Marty. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Uh, I love oh, that from man. way back when. That's fantastic. It's like early, early, like lazy Sunday era internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one of those first like really... Yeah, viral videos before that was the term. Right. Oh man, that's crazy. I uh that, we have a lot of listeners who are uh, Doc and Marty shippers, so I'm sure they yep. I'm sure they're all listening to this just going, "How could you have not known about that?" <laughs> yeah, I just totally forgot about it. That's amazing. That's yeah. oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. It's well done. Well well edited. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the red log, um, oh, you know what, this is, maybe you mentioned in the prior minute, but you, he tosses those red, yellow, green logs in. Uh, it, are those numbers, like, professionally printed onto those logs? <laughs> like You know, it really seems like they are. It Like, it didn't look handwritten, it looked like he had gone to Kinko's and had, like, some labels made for these guys. And I think that's why I always assumed that they were like yarn or something when I was a kid because it mm. looked like like a yarn wrapper. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, it was it was professionally printed and yeah, it did not look like a thing that was just thrown together. Right. Exactly. And like yeah, yeah. It, it's it's kind of uh, not lazy story. It's um, you're really baby spoon feeding this plot to the audience in terms of like here's the logs they're even color coded here's the gauge right. you know you know the exact moment that these major plot events are going to happen and, uh, I, and I, I think that's I think that's good that part of it but I I I do I do question why we needed numbered labels on them. Right, yeah. Because all we're using is the color stuff. Everything is color-coded, so why did they need numbers? Yeah, it's strange. I mean, I think it's also, great. Those, those numbers are the first thing to burn off as soon as he threw them in that right. fire. Right, you don't need them. Like, just toss all three in. You don't, even, you don't need to color them. Nothing needs to happen. Just You got yeah. special wood. We get it. It's MacGuffin wood. <laughs> And it like and it it's good storytelling because the alternative is just oh the it just steadily gets faster and faster and faster and you know this adds some awesome tension to what's already a really awesome tense scene to have these like key moments of like boom 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 you know and right. you get to see the engine half fly apart but it before uh, it even hits the the bridge Mhm man just I, I love all of the bolts and stuff flying off yeah, flying off and the steam is going and it look, I don't know yeah. if that's a model of a real train it looks like yeah, but it's looks like the real train blowing up there yeah uh, you, feel, and, uh, you feel the weight of everything yeah mm -hmm. and you feel the danger because mm -hmm. it's just like oh man they could get hit by one of those and it'd go through them like a bullet yeah, exactly <laughs> you and know doc knows what that's like so 
Yeah. Oh, right. That's true. Well, not, no, this doc doesn't know that oh, because he was wearing is, a bulletproof vest. <laughs> well, he probably has some cracked ribs from that still. So, Well, that's probably true. Oof. Well, yeah. pop over to 2015 and get that looked at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get that all fixed that up. That might have been – maybe that's what he did. Like when he went to 2015, he was getting his ribs fixed. And they were like, you know, while we're in here, right. we can just change, yeah. switch all of this out and, and you'll look like a younger man. He's like, oh, that's great. However – do you have a mask I can wear to look like the old me so that I don't scare my best friend? Just tell him you have the cert. No, no, this is difficult to explain. This is tricky. I can't tell him that this is possible. <laughs> it's it would just freak yeah, him out. They probably, I don't know. As a kid, I didn't really grasp, besides the hair color, that he was even wearing age makeup. I don't know. Maybe I just right. wasn't looking close enough and I was on crappy VHS. So yeah, maybe. It's- yeah, that's, that's more of it. I never realized that it was a bad makeup job until uh, I got the Blu-ray and then they do a close up of 85 doc. And I'm like, Oh, good yeah. God. That's a, he's got a makeup caked on. That's yeah. crazy. Another <laughs> uh, like great podcast, uh, greatest generation where they're going through Star Trek, the next generation, an episode at a time. And, mm-hmm. like, it's a constant ongoing bit, like, watching the stuff in HD on Netflix remastered. And you see that, oh, the lines on the holodeck are just, like, yellow tape. <laughs> just, or that, oh, that glowing guy is wearing a bodysuit. And you can see the seams in the bodysuit. You know, the sort of uh, stuff that they just didn't even need to worry about when it was just going to be on broadcast TV. But now here it is in glorious right. film. Well, it's like uh, when they when, when Netflix bought Buffy, they turned it into... Uh, a uh, uh, widescreen show, mm-hmm. which it had been shot for, you know, four by three uh, TV. And what they did was they shot the show in widescreen and then, but they, they, um, they uh, framed everything in four by three when they were shooting it. So they weren't so, worried about what's at the edges at the time. Right. And so when they put it on Netflix, there's stuff like there's an episode where Buffy is invisible and she's uh-huh. typing on a keyboard. And in the, in the, uh, in the, in the, in the, in the TV version, the keys are just moving up and down because she's invisible and she's typing on the keyboard. Yeah. And then when they show it in widescreen, there's wires on the sides of the keyboard pulling the keys. <laughs> uh, uh, and you can just obviously see it all. That's so good. Yeah. The, yeah. Man, they're like, you got a future plan for this stuff nowadays, you know? <laughs> right. Well, now it's like, dude, even in the present day, like those Hobbit movies are filmed in 80 zillion. What's the, what did, what did he shoot it in? What's it called? 45, 40, 44 or 45 frames per second or something. No, no, Kevin yeah. tried. It was 80 zillion. 80 it zillion. 80 zillion. <laughs> <laughs> but you can, you know, so I never saw it because, oh God, it seemed like a drag. But uh, the, you know, people <laughs> were describing, you can see Gandalf's contact lenses, you know, in scenes. And oh. just, yeah, it's, uh, the, the HD is introducing problems on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Man, I'm skipping around. Um, and like at the eight second mark, you see the uh, the temperature gauge here. And I really like it's got like an awesome font, like kind of a gothic yeah. German font on the. Yeah, on the it does. It's super it's awesome. really good. Yeah. Yeah. They make things nice. They do. <laughs> they do make things nice. Well, I mean, like, uh, sorry. Uh, well, you were talking about just all the production design, like that cool bandana. Totally. That was one of my favorite tidbits is the Doc's bandana that I learned from this podcast. Mm-hmm. So great. Mm-hmm. I do really like on the on the uh, gauge 
the way that you go from white to green to yellow to like gold, gold orange red like gold it's red. It, it's not enough that it's just in red yeah it has oh, to yeah. be like it's like a rainbow of hot colors <laughs> it just do you know yeah they, there's a fire happening now so i can't look wait out for that yeah did it's doc, like the danger of fire did doc make this i think he did like i can't think of another reason for this exact gauge to exist besides and well yeah <laughs> if doc yeah. was in front of it he'd probably apologize that it wasn't to scale or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh i'm sorry i wanted to use helvetica but it wasn't available <laughs> yeah uh. <laughs> forgive me forgive me i'm sorry oh it's good yeah. it's uh it's a it's a pretty sweet gauge really oh is. my god i just had a vision okay so a clara and doc's wedding is like Clara, and then there's like there's been something under a blanket all day, but no one was allowed to look at it. And then he he pulls off the blanket, and it's just a scale replica of the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> and he it's took the nice. time to paint it. Yeah, <laughs> I apologize oh. for it being not quite to scale. <laughs> oh, I loved his model. <laughs> oh man. It's just they plan the wedding that way. (laughs) So So your family's going to sit over here. My family hasn't been born yet, so they're not coming. So Marty and (laughs) Einie. And he's got little clockwork versions of Clara to walk down the aisle and everything. Something goes wrong and Clara gets set on fire and he's like, don't worry, I'll take care of that. What if he went through time and got every dog he's ever owned and they all were at the wedding? Oh. When yeah. I was a kid, it didn't register with me that it wasn't the same dog in the 50s and the 80s. So I just oh, kind of yeah, blurred yeah. it together mm-hmm. in my brain. Yeah, and, Well, they uh, don't look different enough. Right, yeah. It's not, it's not... And named after scientists, and it didn't hit. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, it's oh, that dog's going to die at some point. And then I was seven years old, so I got sad. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah the only real yeah. difference is that Copernicus is a little terrier dog, and Einstein yeah. is like a big, fluffy sheep dog. Mm-hmm. But like... When you're just thinking of them in their mem- in your memory, they're both sort of the same color. They're both kind of shaggy. shaggy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's not like like Copernicus should have been like a big old like hound dog or beagle or something. Yeah. Something really yeah. different, Wildly like a dashing different. hound or something. Yeah, <laughs> a good greyhound, good racing dog. Yeah, actually, it would make sense if it was a dashing hound because because uh, you know he's German. He's German. Yeah, German. There you go, the von Brauns. He little wiener dog. A lot more. Doc knows a lot more about his family's history in the area than I think most people do. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. And people know when you the know decade. What? That explains the font too, Kevin. Yeah. He's German. The German. The, oh, man. Doc's German heritage has yeah. been lurking in the background this whole time. Oh, there this it is. This whole time. This whole time. You know who else does, like building? Uh, I, I wonder why. Why does Marty. So, like, in that freeze frame of the. Of the gauge, which is in the DeLorean. Yeah. Why does it? Why is there a compass? A like, compass? Yeah, or or some. There's like some sort of gauge next to like. It's like a black. Oh, over there. Box. It's a. Uh, yeah, it's a compass. One of those uh, wobbly ones that your grandma had in her in her car growing up. Right. Maybe my grandma. Huh. I don't know. Doc likes to know which way you're going. I guess. Mm. Right. 
It's Fair weird. Um, well, I think that's all I got for this minute. Uh, Kevin, any final thoughts? No, I, uh, yeah, just love this movie a lot more than I, than I thought I did. <laughs> like it, <laughs> and I had this great, like alternate ending thing, which is like, of course, this movie's going to end with a giant steampunk locomotive and all Doc's thing about messing with the space time continuum out the window. <laughs> but I just, as I rewatched, I had this notion of Marty, like, you know, sees them drift off. He goes back to the future and he, he kind of wistfully says, well, Doc, it's destroyed. And then instead of like big explosion return, Marty goes back to the library and like finds all these records and like wedding announcements and birth announcements. And like it would not fit the movie's overall tone, but I just love the mental image of Marty finding out what happened to Doc by reading old newspaper clips, you know, oh, yeah. like for his for his yeah. future years. Local uh, coot in prison to asylum. <laughs> exactly. Local coot. <laughs> Local coot. <laughs> and then we'd see, yeah, whatever happened to Mad Dog's, you know, son. Is it established that Mad Dog has a son? He must, but when when would that happen? Uh I don't I assume it just hasn't happened yet, maybe. Yeah. After he gets out of prison. Yeah. He settles down. Get the conjugal visit in there and yeah. There well there's go. there's a lot of uh you know, really old dads back then. Um, you know, you know I they'd think go and, and sow their oats and then be like 40 and then started having kids, which back then 40 was like six today's 60. So yeah. who's right. the video game who like the, the gangster, the, the, the Tannen gangster, how would, would mad dog be his bad? Uh, no, I think that would be, I think that's two generations later. So Mad Dog is his grandson. No, you do meet Mad Dog's son in the game. You do. You just haven't gotten to him yet. Uh Uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, besides that, I, like, the only other note I had was just shout out to, speaking of Biff, like, Thomas F. Wilson, because he, like, I don't even think of that being Thomas F. Wilson, Mad Dog. You know, like yeah, just it's such a character. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's freaking great, and I just—you guys mentioned it on a recent episode. The uh, I was there too, where he talks about the inspiration for his, uh, you know, being bullied growing up and uh, and all that, and ah, right. so great to hear about like the true character actors, uh, yeah, and how they find their inspiration. So. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, he's he's phenomenal in this. I, I, uh, I think we still have. One more appearance of Thomas Wilson in the movie uh, left, I think. Oh, um, but really? I thought he gets carted off to jail. Didn't that happen? No, 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 no. Thomas Wilson, not Mad Dog. Um, I, like, I, I think, oh, I think, yeah. I think like, Biff right is at end. the end, I think. Yeah, he, he is. And you get the briefest of cameos from, the, from his Marty's cool fam. Right, right. So I, I think we have one more. But yeah, it's it's... He was such a big part of the series, um, m- much bigger yeah. than anyone gives him credit for, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a, like genuine menace and, uh, yeah, like lo- lots of different energies. Yeah, awesome. for sure. Um, all right. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us, Kevin. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Uh, so much fun listening to this. And congrats, or congrats upcoming on your uh, your big Edgar Wright uh, series. Yeah. Oh, what? Let, let me ask this on the air because I'm sure other people are confused. I admit to not knowing what is it, Carnetto Minute? I don't know what that's a reference to. 
Yeah, so so uh, that's the, it, the trilogy is called the Cornetto trilogy because uh, there's a Cornetto ice cream in each movie, and it's and each one is a different flavor. Um, and, okay. and a Cornetto is like a drumstick in England. Incredible. Yeah. That's way more obscure than I thought. Yeah, so like, so like the, uh, Shaun of the Dead is a strawberry Cornetto, and then okay. um, <laughs> it's a classic Cornetto in Hot Fuzz, and then a uh, – mint chocolate chip cornetto in world's end so wow yeah. all right i know what to the easter egg to look for when i when i go back yeah it's yeah. under construction yeah. the show the show yeah yeah um We're all looking right forward to that guys oh awesome yeah i'm, I'm glad um we'll uh, i'm sure we'll have you on at some point on those i'd love to yeah so uh we will be back next week with to talk about uh, minute 101 in the meantime uh as we mentioned we are covering the video game and things like that on our no roads edition podcast which is our uh patreon uh exclusive podcast so if you want to become a patron uh, and support us, uh, you know, finishing up this show as well as um, continuing on with Cornetto Minute and and my Spider-Man Minute and the other podcast that Nick and I are planning on doing, uh, go to DuelingGenre.com slash support, become a Patreon member and help us out. Do it. <laughs> uh, Kevin put his money with it where his mouth is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, Patreon is like, you're not going to notice the five, ten bucks a month. You're not going to notice it. And uh, yeah, I love, I, I have genuine enjoyment as though I was buying myself a present. Uh, helping you guys another Aww. really cool podcast out. Oh, well, we well, thank you so yeah. much, Kevin. You're welcome. And, uh, and we will be back next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.